Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast. And yes, the rumours are true. We're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So don't waste any time. Grab your tickets today and come and watch me, Alfie and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie, though, isn't it? Yeah. Happyhourlive.co.uk. See you in May. Jack, mate. Happy hour. Move <laughs> friends. Come have a laugh. Mill deals. Talk for an hour. Jack, mate. Happy hour podcast. If you could have written any song ever, what would you like to have claimed? Oh, um, a bit of one's like, Imagine by John Lennon. Fuck off. A lot of people say Bohemian Rhapsody. That is an amazing song. Mm. What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? That you can say on a podcast. Okay. No, that you can't. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get to a point in a conversation with someone like David Cameron or any of these people? I mean, I haven't heard from David Cameron for about seven years. No, but no, but like... It, and he's probably got a new number. FaceTime David Cameron. <laughs> Please. <laughs> that would be the best moment we've ever had. Rapping is like a competitive sport. Mm. So the more you practice it and the more you write it, I think then whatever follows that, whatever genre of music you're doing, singing in drum and bass or doing garage music or, you know, whatever, pop songs, house songs, whatever, the rapping is like a sharpening of the tools for the whole spectrum of stuff I can do because yeah. I've done every genre and I sing and I rap and I talk and I shout and I'm like, whatever. I went up and chatted to this guy and I was just like, oh, you want to Kesha's crazy gang, you know, because she's like, I'm a party girl, you know. Um, <laughs> I and, find glitter literally yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And <laughs> this guy was just like, no, 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 true C, bro, I can't that. Like. Which country would you say has the best looking people? Probably one of the Scandinavian countries. Can you remember Croatia? Croatia's got some unbelievable... Yeah, Croatia's top <laughs> I've, I've had some good nights in Croatia. <laughs> the first... There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Jack Mates Happy Hour. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Jack Mates Happy Hour podcast. I'm here with Stevie White and his hair transplant, Robbie Knox, and his very, very blue T-shirt. Your hair grows differently now, Stevie. What do you mean? Like, before, it would grow, and you'd, like, sweep it over, but now, because it's, like, the back of your head hair... Yeah. It's the hair from the back of your head. Yeah. It's on the front. It grows differently. It just grows up. You look like there's no product in this. I don't know why. It doesn't come it used to just come down to my eyebrows. Yeah. It just grows upwards now. Yeah, you look like Ace Ventura. Brilliant. You know when people say, oh, that it made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. If that happens to you, <laughs> does your hair on the top of your head stand up? It does. I've just realized why it looks different. Yeah. Oh, am I allowed to speak yet? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can introduce you. It's a man that's been on twice before, so he's collecting his hat trick ball. Oh. It's Mr. Elliot Gleaves, Mr. Example. How are you? Is it Gleaves or Gleave? Gleave. Gleave. Mr. Elliot Gleaves. Man of Cleaves. 
Elliot Gleave. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay I'll, remember, way to remember it. I'll remember that for next time. Um, yeah, you was on our previous episodes, number 88 and 219. Wow, and today it's 290. Wow. It's not actually been that long since you was in. So. I think I was last summer. Um, September. September, yeah, there you go. Yeah. How you been get, getting on? Yeah, you know, I turned 40 since then. Uh, released my eighth album. Got about... 40 gigs in the diary this summer, so you could say I'm doing all right. You're yeah. a grafter. <laughs> but, but, but more than more so than that, um, I'm looking at your arms and your legs, and you got a few little pretty pictures on there. What's this about? Uh, midlife crisis. <laughs> um, so anyone young listening, that's 40. Um, no, I, just, I was in quarantine after I saw you last year. Yeah. I went back to Australia two weeks by myself in a room. I had a balcony. Yeah. Because I, I claimed I was... Uh, that I was claustrophobic at check-in. Yeah. Someone told me to say you're claustrophobic. Oh. And then I was like, how can I prove I'm claustrophobic without saying I'm claustrophobic? So I just said, uh, so just one thing, can I walk up the fire exit when I go to my room? And they were like, why, why, why do you want to do it? I was like, I just I can't get in lifts. I can't get in lifts. And then I that, like this. And so it's just basically like, they, were, they offered oh, nice. me a room with a balcony without me asking for a balcony because I said I didn't want to go and live. Just remember that if quarantine ever happens again. But uh, yeah, whilst I was in quarantine, I got really fit and healthy and um, started doing yoga every day and then rewatched all of The Sopranos. Oh, um, I've never seen that. I get people Best TV show of all time. amazing. And then I started sketching again. And then I realized that I some, wanted some of the sketches on me. And then I've got 40 tattoos in the last uh, sort of, Three months. Talk us through them, right? Let me guess the meaning behind them, unless they're proper sentimental. Go on. So that's film. Yeah, that's I love films. Films, yeah. You used to rate films all the time on your social media. And you yeah, I'm just like film. I love films more than music. Palm tree, because you've you've moved you've... to Australia, and that's oh. the uh, that's uh, the what's it called the um, uh, the latitude and longitude of Brisbane, where I live. Oh, okay. Across it. That's when I got an honorary doctor of music. Oh wow! Which is in Latin, obviously, because it's extra. You know, Arty. Doctor of Music Honoris Causa. Arty. Um, boxing gloves from my son Evander, named after Evander Holyfield. Oh, nice! All my top ten singles. Love uh, it. What are the positions? Six, three, two, one, one, two, two. Nice. Microphone. Don't know why that's there. It. Oh, it's because I love your podcast. <laughs> oh. um, got a Mowgli. Yeah. I got my birthday in Braille. Did I you draw these? Most of them. I got. Some greyhounds there for park life. Because I met my wife at park life. Oh, wow. Um, well, what's the relevance with, with park life and greyhounds? Park life uh, was front cover of Blur's album with the greyhounds. Oh, got you. Got and you. then I've got like a shark. I've got a Lego Batman from Mate, my Mate, you have gone in on these. I've got Mia, Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction, Something in the Way, my favourite song by Nirvana. Um, Gemini. Oh, what stars are you? Um, have you seen Leon, the professional? Yeah. That's good. Matilda from Leon. Pete sucks. I love that. Um, <laughs> this one here is pretty cool. It's like Enter the Void. See that one? Yeah. Oh, just yeah, just some weird stuff, really. That looks cool as. You got any more planned? Uh, yeah, I've got about ten more. I've, I've sketched up, and then I get a better artist, i.e., the tattoo guy, to do it for me. But can I design one for you? No. Um, can, can you design one for me? <laughs> yeah. You draw. I'll, if you draw something, well, I'll just draw. I'll just draw, draw, tattoo some hair on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you have you have you seen my latest? Oh, go on. This one. What's that? That's Jesse Lingard's. Oh, yeah, I remember I seen that. I saw I saw social media. You saw it on social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and now I'm trying to get it sort of removed. Why? Well, he went to, went to Manchester United and scored the winning goal against us. Oh. And I'm sat there with his fucking work on my leg. So if you do know a good tattoo remover... <laughs> well, just get, just get it turned into something else. You know what, you go on, then. Tell me what to get and I'll get it. A pizza. <laughs> you said get, it. Get mill deal. Can I say Better I'm not you. getting a tattoo? So tell me to do. I know these two seem to. We're not talking about mill deals today, then. I don't think so. Well, oh, because oh, I'd incorporated mill deal into the jingle. Oh, that's fine. 
Did you? Yeah, sorry. I can remove it though. Okay, well, let's jump straight into that. Like, <laughs> last week we had Justin Hawkins from The Darkness on, and we, we were telling him all about our jingles. That's a new thing here. We try and come up with new jingles for Happy Hour. We feel like that's what radio shows do, and we're trying to be more like that. So, can you, because you're a pretty good musician, aren't you? You've done all right. I play you... drums and a bit of piano, but I'm more into the rapping and the singing and that sort of thing. <laughs> right. Can you make a Happy Hour jingle for us? But I, I had Mildew in there before. Yeah, that's fine. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's fine. that's still part of our DNA. Uh, what was it again? Heritage. Yeah, that was actually. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> um, Jack, mate. Happy hour. Mill friends. Come have a laugh. Mill deals. Talk for an hour. Jack, mate. Happy hour podcast. Oh, okay. I will just say you did rhyme hour with hour. Yeah, I know. No, no. Talk for. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's a bit pitbull. A little bit of feedback there for you. Yeah, but some sometimes they say the best lyricist. It's not just the word that you rhyme it with; it's what comes before. Right. Okay. And by rhyming the same word two or three times, people pay more attention to what you said just before that. And what you did before was let's talk for an hour. Yeah, genius. I've come up with we have have a segment on here now called Everybody Has a Price. So I came up with Are you naughty or are you nice? Everybody has a price. 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 That's quite good. Yeah, you like that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Because basically, we're all we're all wrongins. Because mm. you know, if you're not into prostitutes, you're probably into gambling. <laughs> Is that a Hang rule on. of life? I'm into neither of those. Why did you wink? No, I didn't wink. No, definitely winked. You've just point blank said if you're not into that, you're into that, and then you've gone. Well, I'm not. Why you got a top that says I heart hookers? <laughs> it says fucking awesome, actually. Hookers are fucking awesome. Um, no, I think, you know, uh, Naughty or Nice, wasn't that from a Santa Claus song? You know, the... Yeah, yeah, but we, we use it in a different artistic sort that's of thing. Oh. That's our best jingle. Our best jingle was the old caught one. So yeah. Together. Yeah. So uh, maybe we'll ask Elliot what he's been up to and then we can finish okay, with that. Yeah, so what have you been up to last, last couple of weeks? I've done 11 festivals in the wow. last few weeks. You are a grinder when it comes to that. Graph. Non-stop. Um, been all over the gaff. Mm. Um, been great. Like, because one week you're like, when I played Silverstone, there was like 30,000 people there. And it's just, it just like a big open field. And then I played Electric Woodlands, which is like a little rave in a forest. And I've played by like a little man-made beach, which is basically a lake in Eindhoven in Holland. It's quality. Um, I'm going to Benicassim tomorrow, which is pretty exciting. Um, and I've got, another, I've got like 30 more gigs left this summer. But, but, it, but also, Erin's been over from Australia with the kids. Yeah. Because otherwise I wasn't going to see the kids for like 11 weeks. Mm. And so they've been over for the last four weeks. But we've been on holiday to Marbella. And then sandwiched in other stuff. I'm not talking about meal deals. We sandwiched in other stuff like um, Legoland, the Science Museum, nice London Dungeon, which my four-year-old calls Dundon Dungeon, which is quite cute. <laughs> it sounds like your lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just repetitive shite. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like, 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 life's pretty crazy at the moment. It's good. It's like it's very mixed emotions because it's like busiest I've been for probably six or seven years. Yeah. There's this whole new wave of fans coming in. You know, like I'm looking out into the audience and I'm seeing, you know, people my age, but I'm seeing like 16 year olds and they're not there for that just a few songs. They know all the songs. I'm like, well, you listening to me when you're five, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the thing about when you make timeless music. And I'm not saying all my music's timeless, but I've got a couple of bangers in there which, you know, live through the ages. Mm. I'm very thankful, grateful to still be here. Um, I know why I'm here because I put in, I don't stop working and I don't stop trying to strive to put on the best shows, but. It's also very tough having a family mm. 
on the other side of the world that you can't just go and visit. You know, like you could be away for two, three weeks and then still go home for four days, but you don't really go back to Australia for four days. No, yeah. So it's um, it's a lot mentally. Well, when I co- maybe the tattoos are helping me cope. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. Just like when I get really bored and depressed, and I look down at my arm, and go, "Oh, I've got a really cool left arm." <laughs> and then suddenly you're all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look at my. And then your brain goes, "Check your right leg." Fuck, he's got a really cool yeah. right leg. Pizza. Pizza. I'll get a delivery. Oh, completely yeah. forgot I had two kids. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Now we've asked Elliot what he's been up to. Do so a jingle. I, so I think we can officially say, We're, we're all caught up, baby, all caught up. You like that? That's quite good. Yeah. Thank you. You're the only people I know who are really into jingles, apart from Greg James likes a jingle, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think jingles are a key part of broadcasting, and it's a shame that so many of them have gone. I think maybe they represent a bygone era. Where... We're, we're trying to bring it back. Yeah. 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 Now we, we moved on from meal deals, as, as we've alluded to. We've got a new opening question. Oh, yeah? We've got a... Uh, uh, have a jingle? Uh, it, does, it doesn't have a jingle. It doesn't have a jingle. Maybe you, you make one up. But uh, we've got a sort of, uh, what's it called? A m- mystical place, right? In, in our imagination. It's called the Happy Hour Hall of Fame. Inside that Hall of Fame, it's f- filled with brilliant things and magical, lovely things. Right. Every guest can put one thing into the Happy Hour Hall of Fame. So, Mr. Example, what would you like to put in? What means a lot to you? Can be an item, can be an object, can be a place, can be a person. Oh, you did text me about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so fi- I was so fixated on the jingle element. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. To be fair, I have given you a lot of homework. Okay, I'll tell you what I miss the most. No, I'll tell you, I'm going to put this in there. That's what she said. No, I'm going to put this in there because it surprised me how much they, I love them. This place and them in general. I thought you were going to say your kids, then. No, no. no. <laughs> I'll put my kids in there. That surprised Never... me how much I love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also... How invigorating they are, I mean, how much I miss it. So there's a place near me in Australia called Cedar Creek Falls. Not like See the Creek, you know, we're off to see the wizard, we're off to see the creek. Cedar, like <laughs> yeah, words, Cedar Creek Falls. Yeah. yeah. And it's about half an hour drive from my house. And you get there and it's just complete bliss. I think I saw, and saw this on my story. Yeah. And you walk for maybe 15, 20 minutes up the side of the, 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 the stream, like the whatever it's yeah it's a stream mm. it's not a lake is it no of course mm. not. it's not a river it's a, it's a creek stream. it's a creek it's in the title um see and it's the most at peace i've ever been really whether i've been by myself or i've been with the kids i took my sister there and, her, and you just go and you walk and there's like all these various little dipping pools along the way you know like various different sizes and depths and there's one right at the top big one we can actually swim Freezing cold, even in the middle of summer. Is that quite nice though? Because Australia's yeah. hot. Well, because I do ice baths anyway at home. I do sauna ice baths. Oh, Wim it's, like, it's, it's changed my life. Like it changed my sleeping, my blood pressure, my stress levels, everything. Oh, wow. so, see, see but, I've been looking into this because I saw I follow your friend, Professor Green, Green yeah. and he's been on the Wim, Wim Hof show. show. But he's also got a nice bath at home, and then there's this whole new breathing exercises. And so, have you spoke to him about this? Yeah, well, I'm fully into it. Like it's life changing stuff, and I find that the waterfall thing is just like. I would never imagine I was the sort of person who'd be like, do you know what I'm going to go and do today? I'm going to go for a walk by myself, be alone with a piece of my thoughts. It's like meditation, which again, if you'd have told me 10 years ago, I would have gone, fuck off, meditation. Yeah. I've got time for that. Yeah. I'm going to have boozer. Yeah. Um, and just, it's honestly, I'm so invigorating. And it's the main thing that I love about where I live, but I also miss. It's, just like, it's everything. It's the, the, the process of the walking and the nature and the, you know, I'm going to swim in this one. I'm going to jump off a rock into this one, freezing cold, and then you just dry yourself off and get. It's just you just feel it feels like the most human, natural thing to do. Do you, do you get used to 
I don't mean the cold once you're in the water, but I... Oh, no, you I, do get used to the cold, but you also get less scared of doing it. So I used to get like with trepidatious yeah. about tiptoeing in or just like build yourself up and then run and jump and like... But now it's like being able to just walk, t- walk in very slowly yeah. is in itself very soothing. It's almost... So we've got a river near us and I've been taking my eight-year-old son there in the mornings yeah. to go for a little swimming there and he gets straight in and he's but fine I think with as it. Kids like, ah! like, as kids, we all do that. It's like the amount of times you see kids just like run straight into the sea and not think about it at all. Whereas adults are always like, oh my gosh, freezing. So what do I need to do? Do I need to run run straight into the river when I get there? Or? You do, but I think over time you just become uh, easy and at peace with it and it's just like that freezing cold water makes you feel so alive. It's I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by this because I... I it's it's life-changing. I love seriously. the idea of it, but also how do you get the ice? <laughs> <laughs> if I want to do an ice bath at home, how am I getting all Wait, that? I've ice? seen how many staff you've got here. You can probably have an ice machine. And <laughs> just make your coffee. <laughs> I've got them little ice cube trays in the freezer, but. Yeah, just fill a few of them up. Oh, you get those big, you know, those big industrial ice machines that yeah. you get down your Weatherspoons yeah. or your student union? Yeah. You can buy them on Gumtree or whatever, or, or Craigslist if yeah. you're in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and yeah, you just get, buy them for like 500 quid. Some idiot will drop it off your house and you just make ice, whatever you want. What, lo- loads of it? Well, of course you need loads. You're a big guy. <laughs> Can I get one cube and get in? But no, I'd, st- I'd start off with breathing exercises and then I'd, on the, you know, Wim Hof, on, either on the app or on YouTube, it's a great place to start. And then if not, maybe then build up to ice baths and then if, local lake, local pond. I don't know. It's honestly, it's unbelievable. Okay, I want to give and this I a go. And I guarantee you, you'll be give... so happy for the rest of the day. You'll be so at peace with all your thoughts. You'll be so clear-minded and you have the best night's sleep. Could, could I just fill a bath with... <laughs> I'm really getting into this. Now. Could I just fill a bath with cold water? Has it got to be ice water? Uh, well, to say, most when you go to a lot of um, like health spas that have these things installed, the optimal uh, temperature is usually about nine degrees. So she's still freezing. So it's not ice. It's not, it's not, well, you, it's you ice if, it's, if it's under zero, the water's going to be solid yeah. again. Oh yeah. I mean, like I can do, <laughs> I can do about three minutes in nine degrees. Yeah. Okay. And at about three or four degrees, I can do about a minute. It's, uh, but it's, it's right. Honestly, it's life changing. And I assume it's not the same if you just do a lukewarm one. Um, you don't want to be in a bath with someone called Luke. I'm like, <laughs> what I like doing it in the morning is having my morning shower and then turning the shower on cold. Yeah, that's a good way seconds. to get at the end because it, you, you know, feel, you feel to, amazing. To, to jump into a cold shower is, yeah. in, is pretty, pretty impossible for most people. To get yeah. into a warm shower that you slowly turn cold because it, and it makes you feel right. I think it closes your pores, doesn't it? And when you go out, you don't really, you're not a sweaty. Like your blood for a while. vessels, yeah. everything. Like honestly, it relieves all your stress. I had okay. a, I had a cold shower last night after we played football. How was that? Incredible. Yeah, but was I it, felt was, so good. Was, was it cold, sleep. or were you just like half? No, it was as cold it. as it could have gone. Were well, you like, were you like this? Were you like, or you like, Jesus Christ? I, tilted my head under the water first and let it get the back of my head, and then when I pulled my head back, it all went down me. So it was quite nice. But since you've had the, since you've had the hair implants. Does it because the hair's moved to a different part of the body? Is it does it accept the cold differently? <laughs> I, what I, a can't question. Remember, I can't remember how it Steve Bartlett it over before. it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we take a break for fuel. <laughs> I might become the first person who like really just pushes war like a lukewarm bath. <laughs> I'll be like Wim Hof. Wim Hof! That's unbelievable. Swim half. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think stick, stick, uh, cold water treatment, breathing, all that, that should go in the opposite of whatever room. What is, it's not room 101, is it? It's the opposite. It's the Hall, yeah, of it's the opposite Hall of Fame, yeah. So are you putting Cedarwood Creek in there? Or Cedar, I, Cedar, Cedar Creek Falls. Or 
or cold bu- cold showers, cold baths. Bath. Which, which one are you having? You can only put one in. Well, it's a bit unfair to put one in because only I really, you know, there's not many people listen to this and yeah. go, oh, mate, I live 10 minutes from Cedar Creek Falls. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, but it's, um, it's specific to you. So, like, no, I want to put ice baths in there. Yeah, ice baths. Because I'm a man of the people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We did, have, we did have that guy put that really random niche island off the coast of the <laughs> Africa in there, didn't yeah. we? Apo. Or... Did you say we had that guy? <laughs> we had a guy called Jamie Hull who came on. Oh, at least you remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't remember yours at the start. Is it Gleaves or Gleave? Yeah, I just couldn't remember if there was an S on the end. Now, even though this is your third appearance, what we started doing now is we started doing these like segments that really gets into the mind of our guests. Yeah. Um, they're the most ridiculous questions you've ever heard. So it's the opposite of Diocese. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Scribblings of a sea. <laughs> Scribblings of a sea. Doodles. Doodles of a Doodles of a of a not CEO. Yeah, doodles of middle management. <laughs> doodles of the head of HR. <laughs> um, so let's kick this off. This is uh, this is about a ten mig- ten minute segment called Getting to Know Example. Robbie, kick us off. You'll okay. be fucking twenty five minutes now, us. <laughs> yeah, that's what we love. That's why people love you. Well, like to, to your credit, when we announce you're coming back on for a third time, yeah. we always say like internally we're it might be quite hard to have a guest on for the third time. And we, when we tweeted it, we was like, oh, are people going to go, oh, you're struggling for guests. You've got the same person. Yeah. People were loving it. And they were like, please make this longer than an hour. Like people really oh, just want to, yeah. Well, I'm going to do an hour and six minutes <laughs> <laughs> before I get to Thor. All right, fire away. Go on, son. What is the greatest film ever made? Oh, wow. Uh, tattooed on my leg. Uh, Leon, I think Leon. Uh, Leon the Professional, yeah. by, uh, directed by Luc Besson. Uh, French director also made The Fifth Element. Uh, more recently, Lucy with Scarlett Johansson, sort of action director. Uh, stars Jean Reno and a very young Natalie Portman and Gary Oldman as the bad guys, the corrupt I've never um, heard cop. Of it. it is it's so good, unbelievable. If um, you look at, if even if you look in this of the greatest films of all time, it's nearly always somewhere near the top ten. Is it? It's why isn't it I, unbelievable. Why have I never heard of it then? It's, it's, it's 90s, kind of like my it? it's my yeah. era. What's it about? Give me a synopsis. It's in New York and it's about a hitman. Okay. who uh, lives next door to a young girl whose whole family are murdered by a corrupt policeman and he basically takes her in, adopts her. So it's about someone who's a, a, a contract killer. Okay. He's, he's French yeah. or he's European. And, and it's about his relationship with the young girl. So it's, it's just... It's just covering so many different emotions and stuff. And it's super stylist, stylistic. The, um, the, the soundtrack's amazing. The ending's heartbreaking, tragic. And it's just beautiful cinema. Might give it a go. Happy Hour Film Club. I got, mate, I, got, I, don't, yeah. I don't. No one can watch it and say that, that they don't love it. I'll give it. I've a go. shown it to so many people. Anyway, oh. this is twenty minutes for one question. Go on. How many popcorns would you give it? Ninety-eight. Ninety-eight popcorns. I've got a face tattooed on my leg. <laughs> it's not, and it's not like thirty-six-year-old Natalie Portman. It's like her as an eleven-year-old, which is a bit weird. But I'm the same age as her, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're <Right>. eleven. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fancied Natalie Portman in that film, but everyone's like, oh, she's a little girl. I was like, I was the same age, duh. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this is actually my next question. Who was your first ever celebrity crush? Probably Natalie Portman. Yeah. All right, we've already answered it. What is the largest animal you could beat in a fight? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Because no, some big animals are a bit stupid and slow, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Pan- pandas are shit. I, I will preface Like this. a cow, like a really big cow. Yeah. But not like a bull with horns, a really big cow. You just... think you could take out a cow? Well, I reckon if you punched a cow on the side of the temple, it'd be out. I, I think you have to punch it about 100 times. Yeah. I know someone who's adamant, <laughs> adamant they could beat up a kangaroo in a fight. No, 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 no. No. Mate, one of my dads, my dad lives in Australia and he lives on a golf course. And um, one day they, there was this big commotion 
kerfuffle on like the ninth green and there was a guy pissing blood out of his leg and it was because a kangaroo so kangaroos live on the golf courses yeah there's never been any altercations with humans in that country, but there was this rogue male and their middle claws are like like fucking velociraptors and it caught him right on the main artery on his thigh no and the guy got rushed to hospital and they reckon he was like 15 minutes within dying they saved wow. him wow and then there's some some more guys went out and took out the kangaroo with a gun like the rogue, that's the, the famous story of Sanctuary Cove, where my mum my and dad live. Do you get, wow. would you get, would they get done for killing the kangaroo? Um, they're, they're not protected like some other animals. Like, like, it's mainly like the rare reptiles and spiders that if you're, the, the dangerous ones, you get caught killing, you get a lot of trouble. Really? But you've, you've seen videos of people boxing kangaroos. Yeah. yeah. And like kangaroos like attacking dogs and the guy, the best way to deal with them usually is fists because that's how they fight. They fight like boxers, you know, old school style. Yeah. Put, a, put your dogs up. Um, <laughs> but, I, I think if I was protecting my kids, I'd have a little scrap of a kangaroo. Yeah. But I think, you know, a wolf, but not like a really big wolf. Uh, that's a that's a rogue shout, a wolf. No, I'm yeah. talking about if you're a, you know, very, you know. Timid one. Sheep's my limit. I couldn't do bigger than a sheep. <laughs> no, I think, have you seen that film, The Grey with Liam Neeson? No. It's about a plane crash that happens over uh, a big snowy Arctic sort of field. Hmm. And the survivors of the plane crash are picked off one by one by a pack of wolves. And at the end, he just arms himself with like bits of glass between his, his fists and he goes to war with the wolf. Does he beat the wolf? Spoiler. You know that the film cuts there, so you just don't know who wins. Oh, but what well, that film inspired me to want to maybe take out a wolf. Only if I was fighting for my life. <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in a weapon. I wouldn't go in a death match and just pick a wolf. I'm just saying <laughs> the absolute apex predator I think I would potentially fight to the death would be some kind of wolf. I'd, I'd, I'd pay good money, pay-per-view, to see you fight a wolf. We're saying the biggest is a cow, though. I don't think you're doing yeah. a cow. What if you if you cantonard a cow? I think, have you seen a cow? Yeah, have, you seen our, have you seen Cantona? Yeah, you've <laughs> sure I, I a cow. I think if you can get the cow on the floor, and then you've got maybe two hours' worth of stamping on his head, you could probably kill it. Yeah, but the cow's not going to lie there for two hours while you stab on its head. No, because cows can't get up. You came up with a question. Cows can't get up if they're tipped on their side, can they? Isn't no, that a thing? No, they only tip on the side if it's raining. No, that's if they sit down if they think <laughs> it's going to rain. Yeah, but they must, that's just What's the biggest animal you could milk? <laughs> well, Robbie... Well, Robbie's got a bit of a thing about this. No, Robbie. I have got a thing about <laughs> so, it. During, I have a thing about during it. During that jingle we told you earlier about... She's your wife. Stop milking her. <laughs> the jingle for Everybody Has a Price that we told you earlier yeah. um, was a concept in which we asked each other how much money they'd want to do certain things. And we asked how much money Robbie would want to milk a cow with his mouth. <laughs> with his mouth. With his mouth. How much... How much would it cost you to milk a milk a cow with, with your mouth? You can use Don't your hand as money. well to like you know, get it in there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but Elliot, if I just said to you, "Is two mil," just suck off, like suck milk off. I don't know doing stuff for money. I'll sing my songs for money. Um, how many dying children do we save? I don't know. Twenty dying children. I'll suck off a cow. Oh, but nineteen oh. you'd let die. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> Next question. He's just drinking milk. I'll fucking take out a wolf, all right? <laughs> and I'll suck off a cow's teeth if it's going to save some dying kids. Let's Next question. What's your party I'll trick? What's my party trick? Yeah. Um, uh, all the American states, alphabetical order. 
little stupid things like that. You know what we're going to say now, then? Yeah. Well, no, I'll just give you... Because uh, I've, I've got a photographic memory, so I'm really good at lists. But Are you? But I'm not going to go through all of it, but I can do loads of Start lists. Start from Minnesota. No, I can do like Alaska, Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, California, Connecticut, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho. You get the point. Hydrogen, helium, lithium, beryllium, boron, carbon, nitrogen. So I can do it. But, can yeah. you do the alphabet backwards? No, because I never bothered learning it, but I could. How many, how many places do you know pi to? Wow. Probably about four. Go on. Three point one four. <laughs> yes. Seven. Oh, fuck. <laughs> three seven? No. Three point one four one five nine two six. All right. Now, when that. I come on for the fourth show, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I'll go off. back. Go back. Remember that. And by the end of the show, I want you to recite pi to 50 decimal places. <laughs> I reckon I could probably get to there staring at it for like 10 seconds. But anyway, look, look. Let's just... a lot of shows. <laughs> you have to recite Pi. I don't do any other shows now, but from this. <laughs> my, ne- my next seven podcasts are this, this, yeah. this. Uh, 2.0. Scribbler of a chief executive financial <laughs> officer. What's one thing that irritates you when people do? <laughs> when they say literally. Oh, Everything. That, that's American. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, and now English idiots as well. Yeah. Sometimes Scottish, sometimes Irish, you know, sometimes Australians. I literally had the best weekend ever. Oh, mate. Like, it was literally the best band at the festival. Oh, God, we're literally so hungry right now. <laughs> I was in America once and there was an advert for an American once, football Once, that's match. enough. That's enough. <laughs> I was actually, I've lied. I was in Canada. And there, was an advert, <laughs> there was an advert for an American football match. And on it, the, in, in the advert, it said, it is literally a a do or die match for the Seattle Seahawks. I was like, if it was literally a do or die match, I would 100% watch this yeah. sport if the losers, the losers, the losers get the shot. End. Yeah, firing squad. <laughs> what, what a development. Yeah. Um, go on, CV. You've spoken a lot about how much you enjoy film, but who would play you in a biopic about your life? Oh, what? Go on. Why is this funny? Because you've got some, you've got one coming out. Coming out. <laughs> Example: The movie <laughs> coming to a cinema near, near you. Uh, <laughs> Not bad voice. Huh? He was a man in a world That's good. with a microphone on his arm. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, I, I do all those voices. <laughs> well, all of them for the adverts. Not starring Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. It is until <laughs> a wolf moved in next door. <laughs> That's quite um, um, that's quite sexy that voice. Who would play? Yeah. <laughs> in the time. <laughs> that's getting better. I like that you've, you've told him it's sexy and you went, I'm gonna carry on then. Yeah. <laughs> Great, I've come. One man has a dream to <laughs> um who would play me? Have to be someone gorgeous, wouldn't it? And conventional looking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't care. Bruce Willis? Bruce Luce Fallis would play me. Who? Luce Fallis. <laughs> Who's that? Stirring Luce Fallis. Oh, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was waiting for you to go then. I like that I've just asked the question, he's gone, I don't know, I don't care. So this is a really fun game to play down the pub, is to take actors' names and then turn them into, like, you know, so like... Go on then, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, so you uh, park stool her. Spark wall plug. <laughs> Spark wall plug's good as well. You know, like, uh, Quentin, t- the longer ones with more syllables and more fun, like, so Christopher Walken is like, but you have to do it in the, in the, the trailer voice. Starring Piston Still Walken. <laughs> um, or you can do, like, for Quentin Tarantino, you can go, a film by Squintin Sad Albino. You know? <laughs> so rather than play your stupid game, yeah, play that down one. The pub, play that one. Play that one. Next question. If you, <laughs> if you could have written any song ever, what would you like to have claimed? Oh, 
Um, I bet everyone's like, imagine by John Lennon. Fuck off. A lot of people say Bohemian Rhapsody. That is an amazing song. Mm. Unbelievable on many levels. Well, that's that's like the opera, isn't it? But, the, but then is it really the lyrics that we like from that or more just like the different components? I think it's the fact that it's like a, it's like a film, isn't it? It's yeah. like lots of different moments and like lots of drama and emotion and yeah. quiet and sad and like loud and soft and mm. hard. And um, I think... Um, do you know what? I've always liked... Um, What's the what's the fucking name of the song? Um, Someone like you by Adele. Oh, nice! It's unbelievable. Just like the sentiment of never mind that you know I'll be all right. I'll hopefully I'll find someone like you. Yeah. But it also speaks on I'll find someone else a bit like you, but also Not I'll you. find someone like you found someone. You know, right? I think it's that kind of happy, sad, like wishing someone on their way after the end of a relationship. It's a great answer. And I think that I've listened to that when that song first came out listen to it over and over because I was going through a breakup at the time as well right. and I'd actually just become friends with Adele around the same time right but um, I think that yeah if you go back and listen to that song it's like pretty much flawless on every level that's a great answer have you have you done the live lounge loads I think I've done seven live lounges what, what kind of songs do you, have you covered because I always find it interesting when artists cover songs that are nothing like how you would usually expect well someone actually posted something the other day on Twitter and said uh, this is one of the most underrated live lounges of all time and it was my cover of Katy Perry's Dark Horse oh okay but I do it with a string quartet I'm oh, a pianist nice. so you check it out nice. um, you have to type example Katy Perry Dark Horse on YouTube <laughs> and it, yeah, I, I like, reckon so we would have yeah. it should come out I knew you were knew you were said to me like and I kind of croon it up and it's uh, I like it it's quite nice I like it a lot can you tell us a bit about um, about Adele what is she like because you said um, you're, you're mates with her well I'll be honest I haven't spoken to her for two years but um, not because we've fallen out just because mm. she's very busy and I live in Australia but she's uh, she's like she is in interviews she's like She's hilarious. Yeah. And just says what's ever on her mind. Yeah, I love it. Shame she's a Spurs fan. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have had her on. That's the reason we have What's born, <laughs> what's born in reason. Tottenham? What's born in Tottenham? Yeah, that's fair enough. Go on, in, well, next one, Stevie. Uh, if you had to live off one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? And be just, is this a type of cuisine or a specific thing? Can specific we, thing. Can, can we say not pizza because of its tattoo? No, no, I think we can. The T's and C's here are you can eat as much of it as you want and you'll only hit your daily calorie amount. So like, you, if you pick lettuce or you pick cheese, it's going to give you the same neutral benefits. You get all the nutrients you survive. Yeah, you consider, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I, I had this question once, not the podcast, and if it was like, what, what, what country's cuisine would you eat? Right, all time, which is quite a good one. You know, like I would have Italian, I'd have Indian, I'd have Thai. Yeah, but this is more specific. So, what do I really enjoy? I really enjoy a taco. Oh, oh yeah, the chewiness and the umaminess of the oh, and the saltiness, and sometimes the sweet, and then you get the acidity of like some. You know, Whoa. some pickled, pickled like pink onions, a bit of lime over the top. Yeah, oh. but like not a pork pibble taco. Yeah, and then sometimes you get a bit of crunch in there, crunchy onions, and you get chewiness of the tortilla, which has been lightly toasted. Oh, I had Oaxaca yesterday. You know Oaxaca? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable tacos from them. I can't say I've ever had a taco. Whatever. What? No. Oh my god. I've had a burrito. Is that the same thing? No. No. <laughs> Idiot. Is it not? Burritos no. are like packed full of rice and beans. Is that not what you want then? Tacos like the open thing. Yeah, and a hard shell, yeah. Not always. No. Not always. Different shell. types. He's going normal. He's going <laughs> soft, soft yeah. shell. Yeah. But soft, soft shell. You kind of Can yeah. we get it for lunch today? Yeah, yes. yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. And then what, what kind of stuff do you get in it? I go on. You I get all sorts. You get a pork one, a chicken one, a beef one, a fish one. Well, what's your best one? I'll go a pork pibble because you get it's like the slow cooked pork. What's yeah. pibble? Pibble's a Mexican dish. 
All right, let's get it for lunch. It's made with, uh, um, it's got like the ancho chili, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and orange juice, which they, they say it's slow cooked in like orange juice. Oh, sounds all right. And it's, it's a very few, oh. Sounds all right. Um, go on, we've got two more. What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? That you can say on a podcast. Okay. No, that you can't. <laughs> uh, wow. No, I don't need to dig up the past in that way. Um, Where did your mind go? There were some guys at university who used to bully us. They lived next door. They weren't, didn't go to uni. We were in a student house. And they were scumbags. And um, they used to um, trash our cars. The student cars. Like they'd key your cars and stick knives in the... Not everyone, but you know, they were a horrible family. Yeah. Um, and we sort of snuck on our last night of uni back to the student. I was like, we'll get them back. We'll wait a year. And we completely covered the front of the house in gloss paint. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't That's care good. if you're listening. There's no chance of listening all in prison or dead. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, small wins. Fuck them. Yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. That like like I said to my mate, I said, like, look, we're in the middle of university. We're not going to get into a fist fight with them or a you know, punch up or, you know, they did this to me. I was like, they don't care. Yeah. You know, what's that, what's that horrible um, show, the, the family of real... Shameless. Shameless. Yes. Shameless, that sort of family. Right. Yeah. But in an area where you rented student houses mm. and they used to try and terrorise all the students there because they had nothing else to do. It's like, just wait, be patient, mm. another year. So, not the most, the worst thing I've ever done, but certainly the naughtiest because it was like, Dressed up in the middle of the night. Oh, I like it. Didn't have torches. I'd, I should say we had torches. That adds to the story. <laughs> yeah, and he's got some paint and just completely covered us. I was like, fuck him. So technically now we can say to our mates, so we asked uh, example what the naughtiest thing he ever did is, but he just glossed over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come my on. God. Play on. Play oh. on. Finally, um, if we... If we, <laughs> if we <laughs> get all emotional. <laughs> emotional. 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 Come on. To be one, fair. One, one of my accomplices was called Matt. <laughs> oh. He paints a good picture. Oh, oh God. Uh, don't tar him with that brush. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Do you want to go out and paint the town red? We're on a yeah. bit of a roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up, everyone. Yeah. Steve Parler did not do this. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Mate, we're in the primer of our lives. Good. Oh, good. 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 We if did there's any painters uh, or decorators listening, now it's time for an advert. <laughs> I hope Fiona's got one. I hope the neighbours just brushed it off. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, no, they like didn't because it was gloss. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone in the area would have walked past and gone, ha ha, scumbags got it coming. You're an idiot, Fiona. Stop joining in. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. sad face. I like our unibrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, I missed you guys. Oh, we'll go for a little break there. When we come back, we're going to be asking Elliot to go through his celebrity phone book. Oh, see you in a bit. Hello and welcome back to Jack Mates Happy Hour Podcast. Still here with the uh, the three gentlemen. Is your new band name? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you you've got a new album out, Elliot. Yeah, cool. So I'm just texting someone to say shut up. What? <laughs> just texting someone to say shut up. <laughs> okay. Um, it's called We May Grow Old, yeah. but we never grow oh, up. Correct. And um, tell us about it. What 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 made you write another one? Um, your ninth one. The need to sort of uh, clothe my children. Okay. Um, and eat good food. 
like no, I tacos. just mate, I just love making music, and I just I'm never going to stop releasing albums. And I'm, I'm really enjoying the music making process at the moment. Yeah. Um, have you always me. have you always enjoyed it, or do you sort of come in and out of love with it? Um, around my fifth album, sixth album, I didn't really. I fell out of love with the process completely in the music industry in general. Um, I was signed to Sony. It was a really bad experience. It was a case of too many cooks mm. spoiling the broth. Loads of different people in marketing and A and R and. Um, even you know people from bloody accounts and whatever you know everyone had an opinion on what they thought I should be and what type of music I should have and what my brand should be because EDM had blown up. I was kind of like I, I was releasing big dance songs, yeah, 2010, 11, 12. EDM wasn't really a thing until like end of 2012, 13, 14. You know, in England it was just like dance music, and then yeah. Americans like we need to rebrand it as electronic dance music, EDM, and obviously you had Swedish House Mafia and Skrillex and Alesso and Avicii, mm -hmm. R.I.P. All these sort of things going on, and I kind of went the opposite direction and made an electronic rock album, and then kind of just got lost for a bit. So I was having got married, was having kids. So it, I reckon like that I, after my fifth and sixth album, I thought I'd never release another album. I'd just do singles. And then I wrote my seventh album, Some Nights Last for Days. Another tattoo. Oh, cool, man. Um, <laughs> that was mainly a hip-hop album, yeah. which uh, came out during COVID. I didn't really push it too much because it was more like for me. Yeah. It's just for my own sanity. Although some people loved it. But the good thing about writing raps is it's kind of like going to the gym. It's like training. Like rapping is like a competitive sport mm. so the more you practice it and the more you write it i think then whatever follows that whatever genre of music you're doing singing in drum and bass or doing garage music or you know whatever pop songs house songs whatever the rapping is like a sharpening of the tools for the whole spectrum of stuff i can do because yeah. i've done every genre and i sing and i rap and i talk and i shout and i write whatever is rap your favorite element or yeah rapping is the most exciting you know it's like if you if you've got to think of a song like all night yeah that's like three minutes long and it's got a sample that goes the whole way through going all night all night and then but that's the nature of dance music it's repetitive it's got a repetitive bass line various different filters coming in and out of drums and synths and stuff but it's basically me doing the same verse three times right only one place you want to be only need a crew plus me don't and then you know only need a crew plus me all night so it's the, the amount of lyrics written is probably like 12 lines yeah. Whereas another song on my new album called Original, which is like basically a drill song, which is me rapping for nonstop for three minutes with no choruses. That's not only more challenging lyrically, but like the, the it's like I've got to switch the flow up every four lines or eight lines, you know, because it's all like it's the syncopation, it's the rhythm, it's like the triplets, it's the couplets, it's like to wake up the listener every sort of four bars or eight bars, you've got to switch up the flow. Yeah. Yeah. So even just the complexity in the opening lines of original is like, I think it's, <clears throat> it starts, Oodalali, Oodalali, Robin Hood has given back. He never been nominated. How am I going to lose a Grammy? Else caught O2, never did the Ali Pally. Harry met Sally, but never won a rally race. Sick of this, sick of that, cricket bat heads off. Ever ready, Freddie Flint off, get sent off. Yellow card, red card, red lorry, yellow lorry. Even when I said I'm sorry, should have said I meant it. So that's just the opening eight. And I'm kind of saying more in those eight line, eight bars than I am in the whole entirety of a pop song, dance song like all night. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so that's like that. Just those eight bars there is breaking down my career, uh, my career statistics and big venues I've played, the hunger I've still got for music, the mm. fact I met someone, fell in love, had a family, you know, like just, you know, the ups and downs of fame and fortune just in the open eight bars. And then there's yet another 124 bars coming after that, which are breaking down all sorts of things. So 
They're two very different sides of the coin. And how long would it take you to write something like that? Well, say something like all night, I'll probably write the lyrics and then refine them with the producer in the room maybe for an hour or two before recording it, and I'll do one or two takes. A song like original like that will be maybe I'll write the sort of what I call the skeleton of it, the bare bones of the, the raps with a load of ideas where it's kind of just got a rough story and then I'll go back and refine it the next day and then refine it the next day and then not come back to it for a week and then refine it again and then maybe I'll take five or six hours to record the whole thing. And, and will you will you get right up into it? Because my cousin does music. He's a, he's a rapper from Fetford and, and he will sometimes get all the way to the recording day yeah. and still be writing bits then. Will yeah, you do I still, that? I'll still adjust it. So I'll go to deliver it and then I'll realise that the syllables are falling on the wrong beats or the wrong offbeat. So it's like... On like at the end of that original song, there's another bit where it goes. It's actually like a tongue twister to say it. So some, so when I'm doing certain raps or singing, I, I can write it there and then and get up at the microphone and record a take, and it's pretty much we go with the first or second take. And then sometimes when it's so complex, I actually have to learn it. I can't read it off my phone because yeah. it's too so. Like in that song, the one that took me quite a while was like, check this, ticker ticking off, verbal shot, I'm looking off now, I'm looking at your laptop, what, ripping every sticker off of your favourite band and then sticking down the E, you're a fan, you stand again, that's a plan, stand, be a man, a fan again, gotta love your life partner, grab a sharpener, pen to pad, we had a Leningrad, the mad then and now, different times, time for a shake up. So, Fucking it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot more fun yeah. to do, but the, the first version of that might have had, I don't know, 20 less words and maybe two or three, it might not have had the Leningrad reference it might not have you yeah. know had like and then i'll be like Sh can i say stan again and fan again and repeat it twice and you go no i'm actually being quite playful with it so you can do that that repeat we were talking about earlier yeah i thought, so it, I it's, thought it's like I, rapping is so much more complex and exciting i thought it was impressive is, in the last one when you said red red lorry yellow lorry and you yeah. managed to say <laughs> that, so. that um i think the thing is is like when most rappers really good rappers are like can also write songs quite easily yeah because i think like, and I'm not saying to sing like Adele or Ed Sheeran's really easy. You're just gifted with that natural voice. You know, it's, it's probably it's probably genetic. You know, mm. um, and you're probably born with it, and it's quite easy. Just but uh, I'm not that gifted naturally with singing. I'm so, quite a lot of times I'm, I miss a few, I hit a few bum notes, and I'm maybe slightly off key. But it's more about the character in my voice and the performance. Would you say Whereas writing the rapping? Is your... Rapping, I've really worked at over the last two albums. Would you say the writing is your strongest point, or the? I'd say definitely, yeah. yeah. I feel like as a songwriter, just across all bodies of work and across all genres, I've I've done some pretty impressive stuff. But I'm actually feel like at the age of forty, on my eighth album, I'm getting better now with every every studio session because I'm putting more effort into it. How many how many albums can you see yourself doing? I'm not going to stop. As long as I'm, I feel like I'll be touring for the next 10 years, so there could be another five, six, seven albums. I don't know. I love it. I don't know how you stay so motivated. Like, and obviously, you've got, like you said, you need to dress your kids and feed your kids. And no, stuff. that was a joke. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm all right. I could, I could probably retire soon and I'd be all right. I, don't, I just mean, it's like, I love being on stage and I love the recording process. London is a very intense place to write and record. Not only just, oh, we're going to studio here today. Oh, it's going to take an hour and a half to get there, sat in traffic. Or by the time you get there, you're already sweaty and stressed because it's like, that's just what London does to people. Hmm. Like, so you've got that element. But where I work in Brisbane, where I live, it's like my studio is eight minutes away. I'm in with the same guy pretty much every day. There's another female songwriter who comes in and helps refine my stuff. She's unbelievable. Um, but my new album, which just came out, it's 15 tracks, 10 of them I recorded in Brisbane. And it's like, get up, drop your kids to school, get a coffee, go to the gym, have a, a shower or a quick swim. I'm at the studio by 11. I'm done by four. Home to have dinner with the kids, have a swim at home, put the kids to bed, watch a film. So 
because life is so much easier over there, my creative process is a lot easier. Yeah. Whereas like writing songs in LA, New York, even Sydney, um, it's just like, it becomes a chore. It's almost, it's either like, I'm going to cancel studio today because life's too stressful. Even I'm living a pretty good life. Mm. It can still have it, all the stresses that that city brings. Um, so then, or you get to the studio and you're just like, you're sapped of energy and motivation and inspiration. So you're just like, I'll just go down the pub. You know? Yeah. It just doesn't... My studio in Brisbane's above a pub. Right. Yeah, we don't even really go there yeah. for a drink, which is mad. It's to tranquil. Avoid, to be like, it's 25 degrees. You've just written an amazing song. You're like, no, I'm just going to go and see the kids. Love that. Are, are you famous in Australia or is it a different kind of vibe? Put it this way. I was in Glasgow last week playing Transmit Festival. I'm not kidding. I probably had 10 selfies on the plane. Yeah. Few selfies in the hotel reception as I got there. Next morning, went for breakfast and shopping to grab a, uh, an outfit for stage, and probably had a hundred selfies in the space of two hours. Mm. Brisbane, one or two a day. Right. Um, you know, like Manchester, Glasgow, Birmingham. <laughs> if I'm out and about, I'm talking like 100, 200 people recognize you, want to shake your hand or chat to you every day, which is great. It's, it's a lovely part of the job. I don't even know why people complain about it because. Do you prefer that? It's not like I prefer or don't prefer. I just think it comes with the territory. And if people genuinely want to, if either chatting to them is going to make their day or having a selfie of them is going to make their day, mm. or they just want to tell you that, uh, what a song means to them or that they saw you once and it was a really great gig, like who am I to not give them the time of day? Because essentially, whether they're buying tickets or buying a t-shirt or streaming your album, they're contributing to your existence. Even if they don't buy a ticket to your gig, but they follow you on Instagram to see some memes, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the fact that they... We, you, as a celebrity, as a famous person, as an artist, you owe something to people because they've already given you so much. Because you can't, you can't exist without them. And and there's one thing just coming in here and, and saying something like that. But you actually do practice what you preach because we we're always seeing on Instagram and social media you do give a lot back to your fans. You're always giving them giving away tickets. Yeah, but I don't, but I don't plan it. It's not premeditated. I just like so on the way to Oxford Uni the other week. I was playing at Oxford Uni ball, and some kid just messaged me and he was like, "I'm not a student." how do I get in? And I was like, yeah, fair play. You can't, you know, unless you actually are graduating that year at Oxford Uni, mm -hmm. you know, which is quite a privileged uh, university anyway. You know, most of the people go there are privileged people. Yeah. And you've got this young kid there and he's like 21 years old and he couldn't afford to come to a gig to see him in the last two. So I was just I was like, of course you can come. And he was like, well, how? I'm, I sort of wound him up and said, you need a suit. <laughs> he was like, how do I get a suit at 9 p.m. in Oxford? I was like, mate, just come in with me. And we got to the, I gave him the drop pin of the backstage entrance and he was there with his girlfriend in a tracksuit a little Nike hat <laughs> and he jumped in the car with us drove him in oh wow gave him a massive pint of vodka cranberry <laughs> and he just watched the whole gig from the side of stage so yeah. I don't plan that and I don't do it every gig but you know I post about it on social media and yeah. the main reason I do it is yeah there's a part of it it's just like look at me I'm a lovely person <laughs> but, no, but, no, no, but the main thing is to like let other that will make another fan's day just seeing that because they're like they feel like they've had experience, that experience. But mm. it's also so other DJs and rappers, singers see that and go, maybe I should be doing a bit more for my fans. Right. That's the main reason I do it. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you find that after you post something like that, your DMs are then flooded with other people yeah. going, well, I'm well, going to be here. Like the day I, like, so that post, it was a few weeks ago, 20,000 likes, which I you know, my average post gets maybe 5,000 likes. That was like 25,000 likes. So you know that it struck a chord with the general public and it means something to them. But like, then you get DMs and it's literally people like, hi, will you pay for my wedding? And they're not even joking. <laughs> not like, will you come perform my wedding? You know, like, yeah. will you be present when I have my heart bypass surgery? No, no one said that. 
<laughs> but now know. that you've said it now, do you get me that? Can I have a kidney? Yeah. Here's a kidney. Can you give me a sperm donation? <laughs> Not in me, um, in a packet of no. Uh, what? <laughs> Fucking hell! But because you because you do all these nice things for the fans and stuff, do you ever get any any nutters? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, no. What happens is then you get a request from someone. Might be one out of a hundred times, and then firstly, I don't see all my message requests because I'm not on Instagram all day every day. But mm. sometimes I'm on a train journey or I'm in a taxi for an hour. I might check my message request, and I'll get I'll get to read maybe a hundred. Mm. But more after, I reckon I probably missed 99% of them. And I, depending if I've just been on a big podcast or if I've been on a television show, or I've just played a festival to 20,000 people. More often than not, the next day, I'm talking 1,000 DMs. But right. then when I've been quiet for maybe a week or two, you might only get 10 or 20 message requests a day. Yeah. But certain people think that I'm there reading all of them because I care that much about people. Mm-hmm. That You'll see, hi, mate, how's it going? Wondering if you can help me out. Really struggling at the moment. Next one, why? Look at my message above. Next one, why the fuck are you ignoring me? You've lost a fan, unfollowed. Yeah, you know, so, and then you're man. like, you're like <laughs> yeah. and then and I'm like, do I reply to him and go, sorry, mate, I've only just seen this. But then you know the conversation, the floodgates open, and then they, you've got a pen friend, yeah, who's hitting you up every day. So it's a really tough thing as well for me to decide what to do, who to help, who to reply to, even though I do care. Yeah, it's um, you know sometimes it's a can of worms. It's, it's, we've spoken about it before, haven't we? We're not we're famous in terms of YouTube fame. We're not famous in terms of like the mainstream, but we get, we get, a, a, not, not real fame. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but we get a hell of a lot of uh, replies and, and you struck a chord with me there when you said about, I will go on to messages and they'll go, you've not replied to you arrogant cunt and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, mate, I've not even seen the fucking message. Yeah, but they assume you've seen them all yeah. because you know, I, I sometimes screen grab a conversation I've had with a fan, put it on my Insta stories. And the reason I do that is because it's like a frequently asked questions. Yeah. You know, so someone's like, when are you likely to tour again? So instead of replying to 100 people who've asked, when are you likely to tour again? Take a screen grab of it, stick it on your stories, and then maybe the 100 people who've asked, 50 of them see that. Yeah. So you've kind of said FAQs. Yeah. You know? But then people go, oh, he's, he's awake. He's answering DMs. By the way, I've wanted to tell you. And, and sometimes it's, you know, it's horrendous because it's like, my sister's suffering with this and she, you know, my brother's got terminal cancer and I really like it if you could sign this for him and can you donate this for this charity auction? And you're like, fuck. And then there's like 10 requests like that in one day. Yeah. And then you're like, if I help one person, have I then got to help the other 50? And then like, you're there going, I do want to help people. Mm. And yeah, I'm really grateful for these people. It's like, I'm also a dad with kids and I've got my own shit going on as well. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a very, it's quite a stressful job. Not only the the travel and the um, you know the, trying to find the energy all the time to go on stage and be that much for so many people. Yeah. It's obviously a dream come true, but then the decompression and then like going back to just being a dad. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's mad because because we need to switch off. Yeah, you, you're getting messages from thousands of fans, but to each individual person, they're just speaking to one person. Yeah, so they, they kind of expect that reply. They don't mm. see the other side of the coin where you've got all these thousands of people having. Yeah, to... I th- it's nice when people say, "I don't even expect you to reply to this," or "Please don't feel the need to reply to this." Yeah. But I wanted to let you know. Yeah, because that's actually really nice. I'm like, they genuinely mean that, and yeah. they see it, and it's like I don't actually have to accept that request because the moment you do, obviously, then they can message you whenever you want. And yeah. Like, if, like, you know, when you go in your DMs and you've got like your, you know, your popular, you know, your, your mates and yeah. your family, and then you've got your general yeah. and then your message request. In my general, I wake up most mornings, there might be two, three hundred in there because the people I've replied to before. <sighs> it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a, you know, as you know yourself, it's a balance in terms of like trying to 
keep people a, a lot of people happy but you know it's impossible essentially to not keep everyone happy because you can't donate one of these for every charity auction out yeah. there yeah, for sure. Obviously, with social media, you do have a little bit of control with not replying to people. Have you had any weird fan interactions in person where you can't escape <laughs> and just ignore it? Yeah, but I've I've learned to deal with them over the years in terms of like people are often quite, people can be a bit intense and I would just plainly say to them, mate, I'm so sorry, I'm late for something or, you know, I'm with my kids. Do you want a photo? Mm. And if they're like, yeah, yeah, no, but I need to tell you something. I'm like, mate, I'm really sorry. I haven't got time for that now. Yeah. But I'll be quite blunt with them. Yeah. But also keep, be, be quite, you know, sorry, mate, I, was, I, I have to go now. But then there's the other one where you just like people a bit, and you just almost like walk up to them, take their phone out of their hand because they're, they're like trying to open their phone. And you're like, I know all the shortcuts on Samsung and iPhone. And just yeah. like, <laughs> flip the camera around and call. Do you want this on Snapchat? Like, okay, let's get that stupid filter. Smile. <laughs> you know? And you, because you're going through an airport and you're going to miss your flight. So, yeah. I don't know. Again, just part of the job. I want to talk a little <laughs> bit about uh, about fame because I remember when I was a, I was a huge fan of you growing up and obviously still am now, but I remember being at school and watching an interview that I think we've even discussed on this podcast before, but a, a famous interview that sticks in my mind where you were talking about Kesha. Oh, yeah. And you were talking about how like she's kooky and she pays people to pretend to be her friends to go to parties. Well, I think her record label used to hire models wherever she went um, so she would turn up with this clique of people you know it was true yeah. I was at an event yeah. um, in London and I went up and chatted to this guy and I was just like oh you want to Kesha's crazy gang you know because she's like I'm a party girl you know um, and, I find glitter literally yeah. everywhere yeah and this guy was just like no 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 true say brother I can't lie that I'm like a model and a dancer, but that they offered me like 200 pounds to just come and hang out with her and like pretend that I was part of her crew in it. So I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> like the Truman Show concept yeah. applied to pop stars. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't work now because like, you know, to be a pop, you know, even the, the Kesha equivalent pop stars nowadays are kind of like Ariana Grande. Mm. And they're, so they're quite legit. Right. You know, they've actually still got some credibility. Yeah. Whereas, you know, that whole sort of bubblegum pop era of, you know, fake crews and fake backstories and fake ages and, you know, those sort of things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Remember when Kesha launched, they were like, how can we come up with this sort of rebellious, mm. you know, like... Make, white, make the S a dollar sign. Yeah, in the middle, <laughs> mid, yeah middle America white chick. <laughs> yeah. And it was like Kesha went and spray painted the Hollywood sign <laughs> and they created a fake Hollywood sign setup where to go and, you know, deface the Hollywood sign. And then everyone's like... The Hollywood sign is actually corrugated iron, and you can clearly see this. This is a flat panel of wood. And also, we can see it's still there. You yeah. clearly just see Jess done it. No, yeah. but no, but that, that's it's good that we don't live in that era anymore. Like, thanks to people like Sheeran, mm. it's just like you can just come out and just dress how you want and look how you want, as long as the music's good and uh, your talent's that's good. Kind of answered what I was going to well, ask. That's what, that, the Lewis Capaldi is the same thing. Yeah, it's just like. This is how this is how this person looks and behaves, and we don't need to change a thing because they got a fucking beautiful voice. Yeah, Billie Eilish. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's and that's how it should be. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, is there any modern day Kesha's knocking about that you? you... I don't think so. <laughs> it's just olden day Kesha. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Medieval Yodi. times. Yodi Kesha. Kesha. Yodi Kesha pub with two B's. Get some retro festival. Yodi Kesha. Shop, shop with a two P's and an E. Shoppy. <laughs> Thank you.
shall we pick example against Justin Hawkins? Because last guest, Justin Hawkins, we went through his phone book. Right? Oh, God. We're fascinated by celebrity culture, right? And we want to know who's the biggest name in your phone book. We won't tell you who Justin Hawkins had yet, and we want to see if you can do better or worse in terms of stature. Okay. In your phone book. I'm trying to think. Yeah, have a look. Your phone's there. Well, see, like... Yeah, he has got my numbers. So. Um... <laughs> you did ask but, but, no, but you, I've got like a thousand contacts I'm like oh, brag <laughs> um, well I chat to AC, you know ACDC yeah. I chat to yeah. Brian Johnson lead singer of ACDC oh, wow. he's, that's, a, he's that's a mate good. of mine that's already a huge uh, huge shout um, Elton John I've got his email have you got the bit at the end of this question where it says, um, how many of them are you willing to text to ask if they'll come on happy hour? <laughs> <laughs> I have to edit that bit out. <laughs> um, I mean, I have like, emailed like Sheeran, probably the most famous people in the world, but that's boring because everyone knows we're never friends. Um, how did you meet Ed Sheeran? How did you meet him, Jack? I met him through you, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so why, what's the point of this game? It's well, this yeah. round is moribund. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's completely pointless. Well, I actually met him years ago at the waterfront. Okay. And he remembered that. Dave Grohl gave me his number. Oh, I, only, oh, I only had brilliant. two or three interactions with him. Alex Turner from Arctic Monkeys. We had a few text conversations. You got that one, have you? I've not got, I don't, I've not got his number, no. no met okay. him. Um, who asked some weird ones? Like I met David Cameron at uh, a thing once and he asked my number. <laughs> what? Yeah, David Cameron's number. He yeah. asked your number. Yeah, what? well, he texts me to say thanks and could I do something with his kids? I mean, but there's other random ones like Peter Jones from Dragon's Den. Like, <laughs> I met him a few times, performed at his daughter's 21st and then went to his 50th birthday. Um, you know, like Mo Farah, sort of, we, we became friendly around the London Olympics and then I went to a few of his charity dinners. Nick Knowles, <laughs> DIY Nick SOS. Knowles. Nick Knowles messaged me the other week and asked if I could give him some advice on places to go in Ibiza. Can you FaceTime Nick Knowles so you for us? No, fa FaceTime Nick Knowles. <laughs> but, but I don't know. There's just like loads of random ones. Like, like Princess Beatrice. Oh, know? wow. Yeah, that was my full-on conversation with Nick Knowles the other week. <laughs> with my, I gave him a full list of things to do in Ibiza. Um, I love that. I don't know. Take your pick from that lot. <laughs> no, that's you've answered my question perfectly there. How, how do you get to a how do you get to a point in a conversation with someone like David Cameron or any of these people? I mean, I haven't heard from David Cameron for about seven years. No, but, no, but like, and he's probably got a new number. Facetime David Cameron, <laughs> please. Yeah. That would be the best moment we've ever. Isn't it weird when you sort of like, you, you meet? Yeah, you meet people and you're like, actually, I completely disagree with your politics <laughs> and your and your party, but you're actually not a. You can actually have a chat with them. Yeah. yeah. But that is the dichotomy, I suppose, with politics and politicians. You can be really good friends with or but you not not by choice be related to someone in your family who votes for the Conservative Party <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. You still have to talk to them at the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever FaceTime him? Not now, but like No, why? Everybody's got a price. How much to FaceTime David Cameron now? How many kids? How many kids? <laughs> yeah, how many kids? Hey. Right, have you got any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I just play my game with you really quick? Yeah, oh, on. So I came up with this game the other week. It's really fun. So a birthday, a, a greetings card company. Right. That only make inappropriate birthday cards. So to so celebrate all of the shit things in life. Okay. I'll give you a flavour and then you can, I'll say a few and then you can right. give me your own. Ready? Yeah. To a wonderful second cousin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gone, not soon enough. <laughs> Uh, imagine you have to picture these in an amazing yeah. font with like a little emoji picture. Who, who are you giving that card to? Um, second congratulations on another unwanted child. <laughs> Happy sentencing day. <laughs> Hooray, you're unemployed. Uh, are you writing these? Yeah, knew, knew, knew you wouldn't graduate. 
Um, happy 21st. Now at your age, prick. Um, be better. Salutations on the new affair. <laughs> that dog was never going to live long anyway. People die. Get over it. If anything, he lived a bit too long. I'll never, ever be here for you again. Sorry, I couldn't make the funeral. These are all, these are all cards. Yeah, like and, and what, you've written these? I've written all of them, yeah. What, yeah. is that on a notes app? It's on my notes, yeah. Well, because I'm thinking about <laughs> manufacturing them. Uh, to a dying great aunt. Um, happy gastric bypass day. <laughs> Sorry your lawyer didn't win. Um, paying for sex is still sex. It's <laughs> <laughs> your t-shirt. <laughs> Sorry about the lawsuit. I thought she looked older too. Um, with my deepest indifference. <laughs> They're good. Yeah. Uh, hope your second marriage is the perfect wedding day. Nice. I like, I like it. That. Yeah. What so, about, what that's about, not really a game. That's just me coming in and talking you at go, you. Congrats. It's chlamydia. <laughs> what about? What about? It's like, see, I've even thought of the design on this one. So it's like a Mario. So it's 8 bit, yeah. But yeah. Mario's got no hair. And again, it goes, you've gone up a stage. <laughs> Oh wow! That's I didn't know if you were going down the hair transplant route. You went down the terminal illness. Yeah, route. I oh, like okay. it. Wow. Yeah. Go on, Robbie. Have a lovely abortion. <laughs> wow! Okay, <laughs> now. Oh, well, that's too much. <laughs> that's Congrats. quite nice. That's... Congratulations on your first, fourth abortion. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't read about that in Texas, would you? Yeah. What, what do you call this company? It's got a moon pig, rude pig. No, it's no. Um, Shitcards.com. You gonna make this straight to it? I'll well, not unless someone else has already, like by the end of this show, has already set it up. No, you've trademarked it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've you've, trademarked yeah, it. You've yeah, you've trademarked it. I've got the patent, patent pending. So you've toured around the world. You've been to pretty much every I've country. I've been to 117 countries and played gigs in 62. Fucking hell. How many countries are there? I think it was like 210, maybe 220. So you've been to over 50% of the Con countries. world countries, yeah. So we're going to hit you with some some questions and we just basically want the, the right answer the right country what's the best country for these things alright okay right? that's a great game you guys have the best games yes <laughs> human right no okay <laughs> go on there Robbie you kick us off what country's got the best food wow um, Australia really really across the board yeah everyone says that but they don't have a cuisine do they what's not no but that. they've just got amazing restaurants at every sort of <laughs> no, at every sort of say that. price entry point they have okay. go on go on like what just everywhere you go, you just go, oh, I'm just going to go for a bacon egg sandwich. It's the best bacon egg sandwich. They're just like, there's a big, there's a big uh, importance on quality products. Okay. What, what's the national dish? of? Well, the... like they claim it's the pavlova, but they're arguing with the, the New Zealanders over who invented the pavlova because the Russian ballet dancer pavlova came to tour Australia and New Zealand and then someone made the pavlova dish for them. Oh. And then, wow. But there's a chef in, 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 in Australia claims he did it and a chef in New Zealand, they're still squabbling. Australia is Australia's the best food. Ask any touring artist who's travelled around the world and they'll say the best food they've ever had is across the board in Australia. What's a pavlova? Oh my God. Like that's what you took from that. Next country. <laughs> Which country offers the best night out? Um, some pretty good nights out in Eastern Europe. Like, in fact, like that Budapest, you have a great night out. Germany. So, Cheap beer there, innit? Germany, Germany's got Sh some of Berlin's like unbelievable for night the, out. The twenty-four hour club, aren't they? Where everyone shags. I'm going to say Steve, Stevie says Berlin's shit. Yeah, he reckons it's shit. No, city. I no. Yeah, I, exactly. Wait, exactly. Yeah. Wait, can I quickly state? I went I'm during COVID. Imagine going as Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went during COVID. None of the clubs were open, and it just felt that was like COVID. London. And I hate um, that. Every, everywhere was shit in yeah. COVID. <laughs> um, best night out country is um, 
Yeah, I'd say like Hungary, pretty good. Wow, mm. I did not expect that. I've had some amazing nights out in Hungary, yeah. Wow, okay. Stevie, next one. Which country would you say has the best looking people? Um, Probably one of the Scandinavian countries. Can you remember Croatia? Croatia's got some unbelievable... Yeah, Croatia's <laughs> I've, had, I've had some good nights in Croatia. <laughs> the first, the first in... time I've been to Croatia once, I went for one day, and I was uh, a few days beforehand, I was getting a taxi in London, and there's an Eastern European taxi driver, and I said, oh, I'm off to Croatia on Wednesday. And he went, oh, brilliant, Croatia. He goes, fourth best-looking women in Eastern Europe. I'm like, brilliant, you've got a list. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Croatia's great. Serbians are beautiful as well. So, so no, it wasn't, wasn't in the mm. top four. Oh, what's the other ones? He said like two or three were Lithuania. Lithuania and is unbelievable. Latvia. Latvia is unbelievable. I can't remember which order. <laughs> Number one, and he said by some distance, on. Belarus. Oh, I've been. And to I've met other people who have said who have said the same thing about Belarus. I think. Um, there, I think Israelis wow. are pretty good looking race. Yeah, yeah. Israelis are unbelievable. Yeah. Like wow. you know, you go you go to Israel. There's a lot of women who look like Gal Gadot. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. DC. Yeah. <laughs> which country has the coolest people? Um, wow, that's a good one. Um, Definitely. I think Ireland's pretty cool. Yeah. All Irish people. Con they're just great fun. Well, they're just all great fun. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Robbie? Uh, what country has the best scenery? New Zealand. Uh, which country has the best service stations? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I I know getting... the answer to this. Yeah. Oh, go on. The answer to this is the Netherlands. Is it? The Netherlands. Why? Makes them you, so go good. Into, you go in and you get full on catering. Wow. Yeah. What, like sit down table stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, um, like the best food you've ever eaten. Unbelievable. Oh they really care about food at service stations. That's a great answer. I don't, we didn't know. But like you'll go in there and you'll get like the equivalent of a pub roast. You'll get in the best pub in, in London on a Sunday from a service station in the Netherlands. Fucking hell. Austria's pretty good for that too. They're not far behind. And then finally, which country would you always go back to? Well, what, because I live there, Australia. <laughs> um, well, I have to come back to England. Just <laughs> the only people who pay me. Um, always go back to... Give us a niche one, then. No, Italy. Italy. Italy, I think, one of the worst places to live because they don't look after their people at all. Okay. The government are corrupt as fuck. But in terms of tourism and visiting and just the, the sheer, like... So many different vibes in Italy. I've probably been to Italy 20 times. I've been on family holidays. I've been on romantic holidays. I've been there for gigs and festivals. I've raced classic cars. Um, there's a thing called the Mille Miglia, which is a, a thousand mile race where you start in Brescia, go to Roma and back to Brescia. But you go back by Florence and Siena. And I've seen most of Italy and it is beautiful. Uh, incredible food, incredible people, history, scenery. And just different everywhere you go. You know, drive half an hour in every direction. It's, but why would you want to live there and pay sixty percent tax and hmm. everything's corrupt and what an what an answer that is. Now we're going to make it a bit more tricky. Okay, and we're going to quickly go through them again, but flip it. So, which country is the worst food? Okay, <laughs> now I don't know. I had pretty shit breakfast in Scotland the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Square sausage is great, though. Oh, the Lauren sausage. Um, I don't know. I love Scotland because they're like the best fans in the world, but I've had some awful dinners and foods there. <laughs> Haggis and all that. Oh, God. I mean, England's pretty bad for food if you live in Grimsby, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, not if you're like fish and chips, Steel's Corner House and Cleethorpes. All right. All right. Sorry. <laughs> cool. uh, which place offers the worst night out which country yeah. <laughs> um, come on <laughs> fucking hell England again 
I don't know. Like, do you know what? It's weird because I, I, my answer to that would have been Hong Kong before for the best night out. Oh, okay. And now I feel like Hong Kong's probably one of the worst nights out because it's just changing. So it's sad to see. Is it? It's yeah. going. It's child, oh, mate. The country's drastically changing. It's very sad to see what's happening there. Oh shit! All the expats leaving, being kicked out, and basically just like about to, um, you know, in, install a communist uh, law there. It's uh, oh shit! And it was one of the most fun vibrant, multi-cultured, mad nights out you could ever have in Hong Kong. And now it's just not non-existent. And oh, it's pretty shit. much going to go the way of... Uh... Anyway, let's not get into politics, mm. especially if there's anyone Chinese listening to this, you know, in the Chinese government. <laughs> yeah, so we well. asked you um, the best-looking people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have to think of somewhere I don't get booked. <laughs> <laughs> Who's rank? Yeah, yeah. Who has the rankest people? I mean, want to know why? Well, we're not doing personality. We're talking purely on physical people. I don't know. I'm, I'm, the United States has got some pretty horrendous people, hasn't it? I've only played three gigs here. Don't we ever want to go back? Yeah. United States, fucking hell. Yeah, we've got some beautiful people, but as a nation, they're fucking horrendous. They're also the worst. They're easily the worst dressed nation in the entire world. The worst dressed nation. <laughs> yeah. We were talking on the way down about what clips should be our first YouTube short. <laughs> <laughs> we are six example who the rankest people are. And Australia, you have firmly won. No, Australia is a great... Oh, oh, no, not Australia. Oh, I meant, I meant so America. Insulting. Sorry, not Australia, America. Don't know why I said you know that. Jack's one is. <laughs> <laughs> Which country... Um, well, we asked you who the coolest people are. The, the most uncool. I think they America can fit that. American. Pretty yeah. cool, isn't it? Which country is the worst scenery? <laughs> <laughs> Shit mountains, mate. Um, Your lakes are wank. I tell you what, I'll be honest, I'm like, I love the place. I've played a few festivals there, but Luxembourg. <laughs> It's just so flat and nothingy, is it? Yeah, we're from Norwich, so yeah. we're used to it. Yeah, Luxembourg. I mean, so like, I had a good time there, but you don't go. Oh, it's a beautiful country. It's just yeah. like. Not really much there. Okay, good answer. Our favourite one. Which one has the worst service stations? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, oh, um, uh, Vietnam didn't have the greatest service stations. <laughs> Thailand. I'll go Thailand and Vietnam. Vietnam. Vietnamese tourist board of tears. <laughs> yeah. And finally, which country? Which I have seen a lot of the world. Sorry. <laughs> which country would you not go back to? Oh, God, United States, if I didn't have to. <laughs> you know, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I quite like it. I, well, I was in Texas once wearing skinny jeans, and some guy came up to me and called me the uh, F word. Oh, God. Yeah, because I had skinny jeans A on. farmer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying everyone was great. No. But I, but yeah. I do, I do like um, it. I went to Taiwan once. Don't know if I need to go back to Taiwan. Went to South Korea. Don't know if I need to go back to South Korea. I just, um... What's some other pretty weird places? Like Moldova, that wasn't great. Oh, yeah. Azerbaijan, wasn't great. <laughs> but I mean, I only get to go to these places 24 hours. So it's probably so, not best to ask. Azerbaijan, me. you wouldn't go back to. Have you heard of the. Oh! <laughs> That's not bad. Bobby, is it? That That's is not very bad. good. That is not bad. Very God. good. Have you heard of the Isle of Newey? I have heard of it, not been there. Please go there. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Sure, because we, we stole their flag um, and it's used it, ma away, made, it? made it the little happy hour um, flag. Oh, you fuckers! Yeah, and now on their Wikipedia, I think it says. It, does it, it still it say did, about it? Us? Did say that we've stolen their flag on their Wikipedia. Has it taken it off? Are we still on I there? I imagine they've taken it off. Yeah, Where is it near? It's near your lot, isn't it? Yeah, West Pacific. 
Yeah, there, look. Have you ever heard of a place called Bora Bora? Yeah. Yeah. French Polynesia. I went there on my honeymoon. It is the most beautiful place on the entire planet. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it's tiny. So it's like, it's like New Zealand's got way, way more scenery in general. But if you can ever be bothered to get four planes. Oh, is it four so, planes? Well, it's three from Australia. It'll probably be four from here. Yeah. Probably have to go like LA, Tahiti. Anyway, but... What are the service stations like in Bora Don't have them. Oh, right. No, just a simple pe- petrol pump by the side of the road with a cow operating it. <laughs> Which you've not <laughs> I think that's a good play. I'm going to miss Thor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we'll leave it there, mate. This is your hat trick ball. Um, you've been fantastic yet again. Where can people come and see you play next? Uh, just check at the top of my Instagram. There's a poster with all my gigs. Um, check out my new album, We May Grow Old, Never Grow Up. It's uh, Even if you're 16 and you think, well, oh, I haven't even had a chance to grow old yet, it's still an album for you. Love it. There we go. This has been Jack Mates Happy Hour with Stevie White, Robbie Knox, an example. See you in a few days. Bye. Uh, Where's the tacos? Jack Mates Happy Hour. Jack Mates Happy Hour is a stack production.